Retro Rebels brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebels release Fridays, some weeks, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templateofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. My name is Stacey, and with me as always is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. How are you? It's been a, been a moment. I have, I've been playing a lot. You know, we haven't, we haven't done a show or an episode in a while, so... I have had a lot of time to play, which typically isn't isn't what happens when when we take a hiatus. Normally, it's because of work or some other reason why I can't, which was also the case. But big news is, is I got an Xbox uh, Series S, mm. and so uh, I was actually able to play Xbox games again, which I haven't played in. I haven't played an X, my Xbox in a while because I basically my son commandeered it and I never got it back. And so uh, I was playing the PlayStation, but the PlayStation, I'd already kind of exhausted all of the exclusive games. Uh, I think there's only one game on there that I would like to play, and that's Miles Morales Spider-Man, and I hadn't played it yet. Uh, and, and I guess most of the time I just forget that it's on there, and I, mostly because I have to buy it. It's not on the PlayStation, uh, their, their Game Pass equivalent. So right. when I got the Xbox, Xbox Series S... Uh, I immediately got it set up and started downloading games on Game Pass. And it's not even close. Again, I know we've said this on episodes before. It's not even close. Xbox, head and shoulders better in terms of just what is available. If you've got a gaming console, Xbox wins. Um, that for your pound for pound, for pound the money that you spend, it's not even close. You know, I've, I've had more fun. I downloaded uh, the Messenger. Uh, I downloaded um, Monster Hunter. Uh, so I guess just to start, I, the first one I downloaded was Tell Me, Tell Me Why, and it's mm. one of those games where, uh, like, um, oh, it's it's by Don't Nod, and they. I have with, that downloaded actually. Yeah, and it's it's a uh, uh, the 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 what was the game where you play as the. Uh, we talked about it a few years ago, and there's been a, a sequel to it. Let me look it up real quick. Of course. Life is Strange. Life is Strange. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I love that game. Yeah. I don't know why you thought I wouldn't like Tell Me Why. I've downloaded it. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, well, like because it was slower, I guess, maybe, and it wasn't... Um, not that you're a big, dumb shooter person lover, hey. um, but it wasn't... I didn't know... It, it's not as engaging to me of a story as right. as uh as as the other and so um but it is i played all the life is strangers including the one with the two brothers oh really oh well then yeah. you'd probably like it uh i haven't played i only played the first one i know I, well i stand corrected you'd <laughs> probably like this one it's uh it is it is good in the way that life is strange is good different mechanics yeah. They have uh they instead of you having like that time turner power where you could rewind time and fast mm. forward time, 
you have uh, a different power sort of where you and your twin have a link and you're able to kind of tap into each other's memory and you kind of are telepathic because you're so linked. Oh, right. Um, and I, I don't think this Life is... Life is Strange 2 power better, which was like the, I call it the sasometer. I yeah. enjoyed that power much See, better. I didn't play that one. And I wanted to, I just never did. So. Oh, it's really good. I recommend it. You should play it. It's good. Well, this one was this one was good. It was it was worth it. About six hours in play, uh, three chapters. The third chapter is just the culmination of what you do in the first two chapters. So right. basically, you make all your decisions and everything during the first two chapters, and then the third chapter, all of your decisions kind of play out, and so you you uh, kind of get to see the fruits of your labor. And I think I got the best ending. Um, I played it the way that I would have played it, you know, and said what I would have liked. I play most of these games. I said what I thought was appropriate for the situation. Um, what I think I would have said if I was in that situation. And, um, and uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was interesting. It's set in Alaska with a set of, with a pair of twins. Um, and they grew up in a, in a strange place uh, in a relatively abusive uh environment so um there's a lot of warnings trigger warnings at the beginning for uh um for certain topics like uh, depression and suicide there's also uh, uh transgender themes and stuff that that i think are were really interesting and fascinating take on some of these topics and so i, I don't know i enjoyed it so um, and I looked, I remember, I think we even, I even talked about it a couple years ago when it was announced as a game coming out as a game that I, I would definitely probably... made fun of it then, Yeah, <laughs> but it is the sort of game that I would play. I'm starting to like more of those because I've, I've played a lot of games and, uh, one of them is like that. Well, I found out, I think I found something out about myself in this and after watching or playing all these games, which I'll kind of get to towards the end of this, but because normally this part of the show it runs on because of me, my fault. Um, sorry, not sorry. So, <laughs> so I played that game and then uh, I downloaded the messenger, which is kind of an eight bit side scrolling Ninja Gaiden. Um, you know, it, it, it won a lot of rewards last year, so it's not a new game. But it is a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, it's very tongue in cheek. So like the humor is, it makes fun of itself. Uh, so there is some humor to it as well. It realizes that some of the concepts and the topics and the and just the whole theme is absurd, and so it's aware of that. Um, uh, and then I downloaded uh, Monster Hunter, and so yeah. Woo! so I really and I enjoyed. You know, I spent. If, if you lose me at character creation, well, then you've lost me forever. So, um, fortunately, this one did not. And I, I did create my character. And and uh, because it's on Game Pass, I guess you get a lot of the downloadable perks as well. So, like, whatever was the DLC automatically downloads uh, to you or for you as well. Uh, it Very interesting tutorial. Um you know the I played uh, it but I couldn't get into the main game it seemed slow somehow like I would get lost places yeah like, try to and I wanted to solo it instead of invite people on my team because I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of other people right but, like it's actually much harder to solo it because you're trying to find something at a big map by yourself so right yeah that was well I never got the, I haven't even gotten that far so 
um, I got to this, the town, so it's like an hour in or so where you're in the town and you yeah. you debriefed and you're about to head out and, and you're getting all your stuff together in your, in your little cabin, Hunter's cabin, and then you're about to head out. There's no way on God's green earth I'm going to finish that game. Uh, it's like 170 There's hours. There's nothing to finish, really. Like, right. I mean, you just... play a multiplayer, you're not going to yeah. really finish it, are you? So, not really. No. So, it's probably... It was fun. Like, the, the parts that I played were fun. Um, I downloaded Hellblade, uh, Sinuous Sacrifice. I know that you and I talked about this one. Not your cup of tea, maybe, you said? No. Um, I enjoyed it though. It doesn't hold your hand immediately. It, it kind of immerses you in her psychology, in her psychosis. You're hearing all the voices. It doesn't oh, tell you. It's a good game. Anything. Yeah. It's a good game. I just right. freaked me the hell out. It's not for me, man. Yeah. Oh, I I loved it. You know, it was uh, the it was very engaging. Like it drew me in immediately. And and the fact that it doesn't really tell you anything, like there's no UI overlay or anything it's like you just it's just the screen and it doesn't even tell you how to hit things or how to how to fight you have to figure that stuff out kind of on your own and and uh that's secondary i think ultimately to the the experience i think is mm. what they're trying to do is create this you know what it, it would was, be like what it's it was like. very convincing and bizarrely one of my concerns with it is that it may also trigger psychosis in people who are suggestive. Yeah. Because it's, uh, I actually had a psychological disorder when I was younger that someone else gave to me through suggestion. And really? so when I was playing it, I was like, ooh, this feels not fake anymore. Do you know, <laughs> like, I, I feel like, it's a bit on the very close to being realistic where right. people who are open to suggestion may struggle with that from a mental health perspective. Right. I really don't recommend it for people who have had a mental health disorder in the past because it is triggering in some ways. And uh, I feel like most people believe that psychological and mental health disorders are something that happens to you, but sometimes they can be learned behaviors from other people. So I I was a bit like, ooh, this feels a bit spicy. Yeah. I think I'm going to leave it there. You know, like I don't need to be stepping back in my mental health journey to back when I was 13. You know, right. like I'm a grown adult now. Let's not chance it. In fact, actually, that you know, for a lot of reasons, that's the same reason why I don't participate in horror games or horror films or what. You know, I just think if you're open to suggestion and your mental health sometimes takes you to a dark place, it's really not worth tempting fate. So yeah. for me, even though the game was beautiful, the acting was amazing, the setting was amazing. I was really interested in the in the baddies. The first one that I fought, which was this like, I don't know, black smoke tree monster thing god. Wearing whatever. like a skull and a yeah, yeah, very cool looking, super cool. But you know, just the hearing voices, sort of that negative mental voice in your head, blah, blah, blah. I just really felt like maybe that's something I don't need to participate in for. No, it was life. real. I had, I have a couple friends that, that have dealt with similar mental health issues to what's, what's demonstrated or what's shown in the game. And, and they, they actually really enjoyed the game. 
felt like they got something positive from it. So I, I definitely agree. You need to know that stuff going into it, that it, it is a very intense experience. So uh, I haven't finished it yet either. I think I played about six hours or so of it. Um, I, I just kind of dabbled. Maybe I was a man because it's a female character, it yeah. wouldn't resonate as much because you wouldn't be able to suspend as much disbelief. But there were times when her voices were speaking where I'm like, was that a thought I had? Do you right. know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, her voice or whatever is very similar to my own. It sounds like the narrative I have in my own head, like, you know, except usually the narrative in my own head is not negative. It's more food-based, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, wait right. a minute, what's going on over here? Yeah. So I think, it's an amazing game, but I would always say when it comes to material that's sort of on the spectrum of things that might trigger people, and I don't think it makes you a snowflake to know what your own boundaries are and things mm -hmm. like that, you know, like you kind of need to know what your personality is susceptible to, and I'm susceptible to psychotic uh, manipulation, and so I don't, <laughs> we don't play it. Fair there. enough. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I, um, I don't like horror games, but I'll watch other people play. Um, so, but that's it. I mean, I, I think I've may have dabbled in a couple others, folks. So, but I've rambled enough. How, what have you been playing? I've played a lot, but I don't like to ramble as much. So I'll just sort oh, of I love get to the ramble. high point. Yeah. So everything that I played is on Game Pass. So you could play it on your new Xbox if you want to. I feel like Darkest Dungeon is the thing that's the most like you. So it is a very hard uh, turn-based 3D paper graphic sort of animated RPG. It's very detailed. It's about um, party selection and party rotation is the main mechanic. And like there are fear-based mechanics that if you take the same party into a dungeon, they start becoming overwhelmed with anxiety and they suffer like psychosis effects and things like that. But if you like change it up and have a more well-rounded like set of 16 heroes or whatever to take they start getting like more positive and they suffer a positive mental like um fortitude and things like that it's very interesting but it's very easy in my opinion in that game to get into a place where none of your heroes are viable and you can't pass dungeons anymore so oh, wow. it's a very hard game i got to the place where none of my heroes were viable i couldn't even complete a single dungeon even on the easiest setting um, and I would have just had to start over again. I think it the learning curve is hard. If you watch some tutorials before, you'd be much more successful because they were getting status effects. And I was just like, oh, I'll heal it when I'm back in town. It doesn't really work like that. It takes a lot of money and resources and it's not really worth it. So there's, there's a lot of like layers, but it's very cool. Um, the art style and the like comments that they make to each other, like one of them will get afflicted with like, pessimism and then we'll start bringing everyone else in the team down like mocking them and then their scores will go down and stuff it's really crazy how it works it's a very good game um, cool. grounded which is the honey i shrunk the kid one where you yeah. like a building within your small i liked it i thought it was very nostalgic it felt like the 90s movie in a lot of ways there were a lot of references to things that were in that movie i think unintentionally but like also intentionally so there's like you know a soda can and a baseball and a this and a that and a pack of mints and i don't know it just felt good I enjoyed playing that for a while, although I had no intention of finishing it once right. I realized how big it was. It just seemed like too much of a commitment for not the type of game that I'm that interested in. It's like a mild interest. 
Grim Fandango, I wanted to play. I wanted to play for a very long time. It is on Xbox Game Pass, the remastered version. I cannot get that to control. I It's just so clunky. I don't understand what the control scheme was supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to be going. I don't it's, know. It's a lot harder. Yeah, I played it. I played it. It's real hard. Uh, within the last few years, I think it was on PlayStation, their store. And yeah, it's hard. It's a lot harder than we remember those adventure games being. Yeah, I didn't make it far at all. So I I just mentioned it because I did play it. I just found it clunky. I didn't enjoy it once I started to get frustrated. I gave it up. Now, what was cool, but also like in the same vein of a not a shooter, is Call of the Sea. So Call of the Sea. I downloaded is, that too. It's very cool. It's very much like a tell me why sort of life is strange. Um, it's a puzzle-based 1940s safari themed uh mystery novel game that's okay. the best way i could i thought it was pretty compelling i got tired of doing the puzzles after a while because i don't like puzzles but i like the art style and the story was interesting so i once again it's one of those games i just thought i'd give it a try without forcing myself to finish it i got through the first two chapters and i said that's good enough um man eater you're a shark that one looked fun. It just looked fun. It is super fun, but it's very stressful. Like, because while you're a baby shark, other things are bigger than you. You're in the bayou, so you're getting attacked by alligators, and it just felt, like, too close to home, you know? Like, <laughs> from my childhood, being afraid of alligators, they just come up on you all the time. And um, But it is cool if that's the sort of thing that you like, which is a eating-based progression game exploratory open world something or other it's fun listen yeah. the music is good the dialogue is amusing the story itself is quite funny yeah like i don't want to spoil it because the first five minutes i is i only played for like an hour and a half but i still like the first like 20 minutes after like the tutorial part of whatever is so funny i don't want to spoil it so like you should play it just for that um, and then, obviously, I've been playing Octopath Traveler for a while. I think I've reached the end of my interest with it. I'm, like, level 32 or something like that. And I think I'm bored. So I think I'm going to leave it there. It's very, very samey. You know, you go to a place, blah, blah, blah. You go through a map, you hit a boss. Maybe one or two. But, you know, you'll yeah. be able to defeat it's, the boss. It, I think it was all the different but. character paths that was the interest or the draw for that one. Mm -hmm. The problem is I don't really like that kind of story. Like, I don't like to read a story. I like to have a story acted to me. So I just skipped all that part. So, oh, so you don't even know what's happening? I don't care. All the characters are level 30. I just, I had like three that stayed in the party. And then whenever I needed to do another mission, I transferred the last one in and out. So they're all like level 30. And they've all come through, I don't know, their level two or three mission or whatever. I just don't I just don't care. This is a problem. I just don't care. I can't read a story. I don't like to read that many books. I'm not a reader. Yeah. That's <laughs> so what I made like that game good uh, yeah, to me anyway. But I didn't get as far as you did. Yeah. Well, I've played, I've played tons. So, you know, it's good. The music is amazing and it's very relaxing. But I think there's a point where if you just spend money on the two potions that matter you can kill anything there's nothing that won't that you won't be able to kill with enough time and enough potions and at that point i started to get quite bored it's a throwback it's a throwback to uh yeah. to final fantasy so 
It is. Sure. Darkest Dungeon, in my opinion, is a much better executed game than Octopath Traveler, mechanic-wise. It is so hard. Do you know? Like, it's a proper challenge from beginning to end, and you can get to a point of no return. Whereas Octopath Traveler felt the opposite. You know, where yeah. I just... As long as you are two levels higher than the recommended level for the thing, you're going to beat it. So it's just not a question. See, I like that, because... I was okay with the old school progression where you could get so powerful that you actually could dominate the game. So like if you just grind and you get a high enough level, then I can go in and fight all the bosses and kill everything relatively easily. But you have to put the work in on the front end. It's like this, this type of progression makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is like a surprise intensity or like one of these bosses being a lot harder than the others. And you not really knowing like, what are the rules here? And, yeah, if the rules are. I, I just, just felt like the powers didn't get any stronger yeah. when I started relying on potions explicitly. Okay. So I think I think for me that's what I didn't like. I don't mind being strong, but yeah. like it just felt like I was paying to win. Like you know, I just I didn't buy a new sword because I could just use that on potions and guarantee a win instead of chancing it. You know. Yeah. So it was sort of that, and you could put like a little thing on and attract more monsters. So you just get more XP on your travel from one place to another. By the time you get there, you're so strong, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know, I got bored of it, but yeah. the music is great. I think I would just listen to the soundtrack. I don't need to play the game anymore. There you go. Yeah. Right. We've waffled on gaming news. What do you think? I don't have any that? other than uh, one piece of gaming news, but. Um... And that is that Chains of Domination in World of Warcraft has released, finally. It is the uh, longest that an expansion has gone without an update in the history oh, wow. of World of Warcraft in 16 years or 17 years now. So I think that is of note. Um, okay. What is also of note is my subscription lapsed and I still have not played. So I think that's really good. I three think that's months. quite a step. I have not played in three months. Respect. Respect. So, and I don't think I'll be back. So at least not until the next expansion at best. Right. Okay. Um, so what am I... Your news. What am I thinking? Uh, so I have uh, two pieces of news. So the first one is that um, the makers of Candy Crush had another site called Royal Games. And Royal Games allowed you to win games for money or something like that. Not really certain how it worked. I can't believe that that's legal. It sounds like gambling, but whatever. Um, anyway, they froze the withdrawals for all their players with really no notice because they were being investigated by PayPal and thousands of players weren't able to cash out the deposits for four months. Like, how is that even allowed? Like, imagine if someone had your money and they were just like, oh, we're just going to hold on to it for four months and there's nothing that you can do about it. Right. Like, that is really upsetting. Now, that isn't the case anymore. You can cash out your money now. The investigation is over to a certain extent, mm -hmm. but the processing times are going to be super long because now there's a backlog of thousands of people trying to get their money out. I just really think that this is going to be a problem as we move to more of these microtransactions and in-game economies and whatever. Like once you put your money into that game, it isn't guaranteed you're going to be able to get it out. And I think this just really 
makes that quite obvious. What's worse about that is you're, you're, you're putting money into a game. I don't know what you were getting out of it to begin with, whether that was an investment or whatever else, and then you made money on the game and now you're trying to get it back out, which to me is worse, but the natural progression, the natural evolution of what they're already doing, where you're basically, basically paying either to win by you know whatever you can buy with your in-game currency or actual real currency mm. um and and i think that's what has driven me to play games like tell me why and something else where it's here's just a a, a self-contained game that doesn't require any other microtransactions it's a story it's a self-contained game i don't need anything else uh, you know, and, and it doesn't have all of these convoluted, it's not halfway completed like Anthem. It's yeah. it's right there, you know, so. Anyway. No, and I think you're totally right. Um, the other one, of course, and I, I find this personally offensive because you know how I feel about Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> CD Projekt Red, uh, one of their uh leadership team tweeted a blooper reel that they made before they ever released the game to the public which shows that not only did they know it was riddled with bugs and i'm talking about the same exact bugs that we all saw with like faces cropping in half arms like not existing dialogue being set into walls like you name it they saw it all yeah and they made a bug montage video and i think that is so offensive Because there is nothing hilarious about knowing your game was full of bugs and releasing it at full price, not as a beta, but as a full actual release at full price, and then claiming that you didn't know it was full of bugs. Well, obviously you did, because you made this video that you thought was haha so funny to share with your team. So um, if you want to watch it, we do have a link to it. Um, But if you purchased and paid full price for cyberpunk it didn't get a refund it might actually make you really upset because it it made me upset even though i got a refund for it so i'm not gonna look at it (laughs) yeah like maybe don't (laughs) i haven't even turned it on since december so right i don't anticipate i will it's disappointing i'm gonna learn my lesson eventually so you're so funny (laughs) is that the news that's the news that's all i got for you well good well all right well i'm sure there will be more news next time you know in in august when we do our next episode um Mm. just joking Uh, that brings us to our main topic though and and uh another light-hearted topic i think and one uh that uh, i had some not a challenge uh coming up with but it was interesting to go back and really look at all the games i'd played and so and see what were the maybe the the villains that we love to beat? Villains in gaming that we love to beat. Some of my yeah. favorite villains, I guess. That's kind of how I looked at it. Um, and uh, and I had to really go back and think, even in from a nostalgic perspective, did I really love beating those villains? Did they even have a story? You know, and that actually helped me eliminate some of these villains because. Even though I'd beat them and I, I knew of the villain back at the time, they didn't even have really much of a backstory. So beating, what did it mean to even beat them, you know? So anyway, I've got, my list has one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven. Okay, I have five. So I'll go first and... Uh, okay. No, uh, you go first. Yeah, I'll go first. You go at the end, yeah. Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> um. So... 
the first one, and these are in no particular order. Uh, I know that you have, you and I have villains from the same game and some of the same villains I think are on our list, but um, first one here is uh, one that's near and dear to my heart just because I'm, you know, a Blizzard fanboy and uh, <clears throat> this character I've, I've had his, I had his book uh, or I've read his book. I've followed him throughout uh, Warcraft three and, and uh, throughout world of Warcraft has a has a pretty tragic story to begin with and it has continued actually into this latest expansion of world of War, warcraft and that was arthas so arthas right. in in your uh, in wrath of the lich king you know he became the lich king in world of warcraft frozen Th- throne and then uh then in the i guess that is the second expansion wrath of the lich king he um he becomes like the main villain and they did such a good job. That was Wrath was probably my favorite expansion. I just have a lot of really good memories attached to, to Wrath. But they did a good job of kind of integrating Arthas throughout the narrative, like the entire time. And so if you played the games before and you knew him or his character, um, you know, he was definitely incredibly ominous. You know, he was he was a he was a scary villain. So when you finally get to Ice Crown and you finally get to fight him and kind of put him out of his misery, you know, it was a story that was a long time coming, you know, years, maybe a full decade, I guess, almost of him being the Lich King. And uh, and and then his story kind of you think at the time anyway, coming to an end. So it was a, a nice build up, uh, a proper villain. Uh, but one that had a good a good story all the way around, but one of my favorites. So, first one. Right. Okay. Listen, that's just, I almost put a World of Warcraft villain in my list, but I wanted to really restrict it to the ones that I instantly think about when I think about villains that I have a visceral reaction to. Right. So, um, for me, uh, no particular order, of course. So let's talk about the flood from Halo. So the flood from Halo is, to me, the epitome of visceral reaction. There was just something about the way the little skittery ones skittered toward you and the way the yeah. big ones would, like, when they got close and they would leap at you and stuff. For for early 3D gaming, you know, like uh, in the original Xbox and PlayStation 2 times, where it was starting to look very real, but it was still early days, I feel like the physics mechanics of the flood was properly scary for a non-horror game properly scary right. and the grave worm or grave mind what the grave mind the boss of the flood was so well voice acted through the entire series and continues to be a major uh villain throughout the halo series who becomes a bit of a sympathetic character later on like you start to understand it's just general distaste for living beings it it's existed and will continue to exist for millions of years the problems of the covenant and humans just are so insignificant in the frame of mind of this big creepy thing with <laughs> pinchers and whatever you know it you almost feel a bit of sympathy for this very lonely almost eternal being but gosh is it gross you know the the little the little feeler things that are on the mouths and they jump and they're just on your face i mean it's it's properly gross um and and i will 
I'll never forget how interacting with the flood the first time made me feel yeah. and how I would regularly avoid those levels in the future. <laughs> I didn't, I don't remember the, I didn't, I don't remember the story of Halo. Like I, I don't, like I, it never stood out to me. Like I know the gist, but I couldn't have told you the difference in what happened between the first three Halos. I have no idea. I could not tell you. <laughs> The, the flood, I remember because those levels stood out as almost being like a completely separate game. Once you once yeah. you get on the levels where it's a flood, it's like, this is different. It's not even the same game. Now it's a horror game, you know? Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so um, I was going to put Bowser on here. Um, okay. But I got to thinking about it. It's like when I, when I first started playing games, first started gaming, and I got a Nintendo. I remember Bowser, but he didn't. He never stood out necessarily as like a, an icon. And he is an iconic villain, but that came much to me. That came much later. The villain that really stood out to me, one of the first proper villains that ever stood out to me, was Mother Brain in Metroid. Right. Who there was an actual story in Metroid where you kind of figured out that Mother Brain was behind all of these other like bounty hunters that were a part and, and you had to get this information from the actual book that came with the nintendo game which doesn't come any they don't come with the games anymore really but if you read through the book which i always did uh you get a little of the backstory behind mother brain if you had nintendo power you'd read that and it would tell you more about it and it just gave me a lot more and and made that villain uh a, a fleshed out character so when you actually went to fight mother brain uh, it just, it made her a much, I don't know, at the time, a, a scarier, um, more, uh, yeah, more, just a more fleshed out character altogether. Instead of it just being like a turtle with spikes on his back that you had to mm -hmm. dodge that had no personality, this had a backstory and, and actually was, you know, like I said, properly scary as a, as a, as a villain. So uh, it it's gave you incentive. Mother Brain is nearly as old as I am. I know. <laughs> she is. She's one year younger than me. One. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh she was gosh. created in 1986 in oh the first gosh. Metroid game. Yeah. Crazy. I know. We're all getting older. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair one. I think Mother Brain is an iconic. Yeah. Um, at least look iconic looking um, villain. I, I can't say I played much Metroid because uh, I was one. But, right. Uh, <laughs> fair. That's fair. Um, I, and, and actually, I think all of my games are going to be modern as a result because I think you need to be of a certain mental acuity to be able to find things iconically villainous. So right. I think uh, no, absolutely. games are going to fall into mine. The next one for me is the Reapers from Mass Effect. So I found the Reapers uncompromising in their approach. Right. Like, I feel like from the beginning, even though the rest of the world was full of choices, you were never going to convince the Reapers to change what they were going to do. You know, like, right. they were absolutely unwavering. You know, they had one mission and they were going to execute it and they were going to wipe everything out. And that was that. And I really feel like nothing you did seemed 
to make much of a difference, especially early on in the game. Right. Like, in fact, I feel like all the way up to the end, I wasn't certain if we were going to win. Like, I thought the Reapers were going to... Depending gonna... on what you did, you could have lost, right? I think. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I felt like the Reapers were pretty much just going to win it all. You know, like, we might get away by just leaving on the Normandy. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't think we were going to be able to save um, anything. But... I don't know. I really thought the voice acting was good. They were ominous without being scary. And right. sometimes I think there's something to be said for a villain that believes they're doing the right thing. Right. You know, and the Reapers, to a certain extent, I felt like they must have been convinced they were doing the right thing. You know, I think they were just um, living their purpose. That's their purpose. You know, then they didn't. And I think that's why in the end, I from the same game picked the elusive man as the villain that was more that was the villain that i was that i wanted to be you know it's like the reapers that was it was kind of it was it was um i guess just hammered home that the reapers 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 that's what you gotta get and then in the second one when when you get to know the elusive man and and then you learn more about his plan overall that how god what a what a terrible awful person he was and that he he was manipulative from the beginning you wouldn't yeah. be alive if it weren't for him but um but he still was kind of like pulling the strings from behind the scenes so uh as much as i you know i always it was it was cool mass effect is the more i think about it it's probably one of the greatest trilogy of games i think maybe ever made it's funny because, like you, I don't remember the story of Mass Effect. I just right. remember how it made me feel, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I, I do remember the story of Halo, to be fair, but I did play it a lot. Yeah. But I don't remember the story of Mass Effect. I couldn't describe it to you. I just remember feeling like it was pretty much hopeless against the Reapers. Yeah. You know, like, no matter what, whenever they came up, I was just like, well that's game over you know like <laughs> and um and no and later on with other bad guys which i think what is it sovereign after that maybe um i don't know i didn't feel the same was that in uh the fourth one maybe i don't remember i I don't remember anything. I, don't, I just, all I remember is the Reapers and how I felt, yeah. you know, like, um, and I wasn't nearly as scared of the Geth or anything like, it was fine. Everything else was fine. I was going right. to smash it. It wasn't a problem, but I felt like the Reapers was like a brick wall. The Elusive Man was interesting. I remember finding him interesting. But when he ended up being a jerk, I wasn't surprised. I was like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Right, uh, a big, right. A big guy with a view of a world turned out to be a bad guy. Oh no, like yeah. <laughs> James Bond. Well, I think you kind of knew, and he was, yeah, he was well voiced by Martin Sheen, and you're like, well, it's all, it's all done so well, and and you're like, yeah, this guy's gonna be a bad guy in the end. It's like I don't think anybody saw that and was surprised. I think it was just more satisfying to to stick it to that guy than to the Reapers, who in the end I think were just doing their job what they thought was their job you know anyway thought that was interesting so what's your next one so my next one is 
handsome Jack from Borderlands, the villain you just have to love. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so charismatic, zero, like, fucks given. He's like, oh, I'm going to go get, like, a, a unicorn made out of diamonds because I can, you know? Like, he's just so over the top. He's a big corbo till the end. I don't really mind that. In fact, I think to a certain extent, that's what I thought I was going to be in cyberpunk. And I was sort of disappointed that's not who I was at all and couldn't become, you know, I wanted to be the anti-hero, you know, like I wanted to be the leader of a massive corporation, zero fucks given. It's all about me. I thought that would be fun. Um, I love Handsome Jack. I think he's very charismatic. He's well-written. His lines are funny. The voice acting is great. The art style is amazing. Like, it's very um, Repo the Genetic Opera, if you've ever watched that, which is quite obscure reference. reference. Yeah, which I also love. So um, even though I don't remember any of the story of Borderlands, I'm talking any of it. I mean, I'm, I just shot things and things happened and I, I won. Like, that's all I can tell story? you. Happened. But I remember Handsome Jack, like, being interesting every time he came into play. And I also played the Telltale version, the Borderlands Telltale game, and he was excellent in that See, as well. See, that's so, the only one I played and he wasn't really a villain in that. Yeah, no, he was all right in that. Yeah, like he's kind of like the he's kind of like the main character. Uh because he's, you know, you're hacked by him. So that was my only introduction to him. I didn't really play Borderlands, so I had no like positive or negative. I kind of knew who he was. So You should play Borderlands. That's so you. Lucy. Well, I played, I mean, I played Lucy? it, but I played it. I played. I think I played the first one with one of, with my best friend because mm. it was co-op. So that was the that was cool. You know, we could do that. Um, the next one for me is um, Sephiroth. So okay, right. I, I tried to think of like of all the games I played and all of my favorite games, the villains that I, surprise, again, surprise, yeah. um, and it would have been, I think it would have been, uh, Kafka from final fantasy. I think it was, I think that's final fantasy three. Right. Um, I'm just gonna say right because aside from Sephiroth, I don't know any of the rest of them. That I well, this he was a he was like a truly evil character. Like Kefka's a truly evil yeah. character. Sephiroth's uh, didn't he? A, didn't he kill one of the like Aerith. main women or whatever? Yeah. And then he, like blah blah blah. I Aerith. remember. I was downloading on LimeWire. This is a blast from the past. Yeah, LimeWire college dorm. I'm downloading on LimeWire, which is already the a only- liability to your computer. Listen, hey, don't you judge me. Yeah, it was yeah. the 2000s, and this is what we did. That's right. Um, the only download of Evanescence My Immortal that was available was a MP4 of the Sephiroth killing the blah blah, and then they're in the water or whatever from Final Fantasy. That was the only one available. So I watched that a billion times, having never played the game, only because I like the song. And someone had put that song over. What was that the song? Scene. Evanescence. What was it? Which My one? Immortal from Evanescence. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, that really put the timestamp on it, I think. You know? It does. <laughs> um, how interesting. 
So I've seen that scene of the game over and over and over yeah. without ever having played it, which is why I know who Sephiroth is. But <laughs> well, it's interesting. He's an interesting character, and he's been popular enough. I think they even brought him into Super Smash Brothers. So, um, oh wow, yeah. So I mean, he's, of a corpse. yeah, exactly. So, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you Final Fantasy VII. I, I played that at a time when I when. I think I still was able to sit for six or seven hours. I think it's the last I played I, seven, eight, and nine. I all I played all three of those and finished all of those. Yeah. Um, those were the last games. I can't play for like more than a couple hours at a time. I think my attention span's dead now. Well, that's the thing is I I couldn't. I, well, I feel like I got to be productive. Like I can't I can't just sit there and do that anymore. So Warcraft is. I don't closest. feel that at all. I just get distracted with my phone. I can't even watch a TV show without looking at my phone. How That's bad. Is that? That's bad. Yeah, I know. It's listen. I've become that person. That's yeah. what's happened. <laughs> well, well I, mean, I feel like yeah. my next one is much better, and I don't like. I don't have any bad feelings towards Sephiroth. It's just that I feel like it isn't as relatable as the OG, no. the baddie boy, the baddie B. Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. Yeah. Because the iconic words, would you kindly, are seared into my soul and on a shirt that I own. Um, and right. I just really feel like none of us saw it coming. And it was so crazy at the time. Like the art style was amazing. The combat was amazing. The powers were amazing. The fact that it was first person, but it felt like a proper RPG was right. amazing story was good the voice acting was amazing and andrew ryan i feel like was a sleeper agent from the beginning none of us saw it coming and if you told me you did you were an absolute liar because that was the voice guiding us along the whole time he was our only companion down there like we really thought like it was all gonna be fine you right. know um and to to have him come out as a villain and the, the whole situation with the golf club and everything was just absolutely insane. And if I had to label as the most iconic villain ever, this would be my number one pick because like Andrew Ryan was so evil and you didn't see it coming, you know? Well, and that was just crazy to me. Is it wasn't if I'm not mistaken, was it because Andrew Ryan is the engineer for Bioshock, but wasn't it the Irish dude like uh, Atlas or something that was the main bad guy? Um, um, maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought that he was putting that on the whole time. He was the he was the Andrew Ryan because the because Atlas I think is the one that tells you would you kindly beat the hell out of uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that's a out of shot. out of uh, Andrew Ryan. Yeah, exactly. He tells yeah. you to kill him, and and Andrew knows what you're about to do because he knows this other yeah. guy. Because they're at they're at at odds. You're helping the bad guy kill Andrew Ryan. Yeah, and then, that so that is yeah. what I meant to say. I got well. Andrew Ryan up, still but... is 
iconic until you find out that it's really this other guy that's really yeah. the bad guy you know that's what i think the the irish voice was very comforting the whole time yeah. like, i don't know what was so comforting about it. it just seemed jolly and whatever and you know blah 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 and you were you could kill the little sisters or you could save them so you felt like you were a good person the whole time well he, and, and then and you had no choice he was always like uh you know hey you know i guess it was a. Uh, he's the guy that's comforting you after each after each whatever step forward he's like oh you barely made it out there that's great glad you made it would you kindly go yeah. do this and then amazing uh oh yeah that was yeah. a huge that you was know a great funny though like obviously game. my proximity to ireland is much closer than it was when i first played it but i have heard irish people in real life say would you kindly a couple times and you're like and i was like <gasps> you know <laughs> like alice has come for me that's right <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, funny. iconic. To, to me, that was the number one. I never saw it coming. I just thought this whole game is just about getting out of here and the bad guys are the slicers and I'm the good guy and there's no big baddie. Like, you know, honestly, yeah. I didn't expect there to be a big baddie. I just thought it's me escaping from this underwater city and I'm exploring it in the meantime and blah, blah. I'm learning how to use these powers and I'm saving these little girls. Right. You know? that wasn't the story <laughs> it's crazy like honestly i really feel like that storyline and none have come close there have been a lot of bioshock right. since then there was nothing that came close to that because that was amazing like just in terms of sheer shock factor i've yeah. never played a game and thought wow you know infinite infinite punched me in the stomach um there were there there have been a few games I could probably I, I imagine I could name ten. Infinite was very good and yeah. it was very surprising, but I think at that point from the franchise you were like, well, how are they gonna? Up I wonder the what now? what the twist is gonna be. I think it's harder after the first one, you know. Yeah, I thought it was great, uh, but yes, definitely, it's hard to it's hard to do it twice when they when they did it so well the very first time. Um, so. Andrew Ryan was on my list as well, uh, but since we both have named him and we both have, you know, had another game, I, my last one. And then is, remembered it's actually Atlas, the Irish guy. Right. I don't know why well, I keep calling him Andrew Ryan. Like, that's not the guy. We don't want to give him too much credit, you know. It's fine. Um, we know what we mean. But mine is probably, to me, the game that has left the biggest impression on me, I think, uh, all these years. Uh ended up being you well pyramid head from the game that is one of the most influential games in terms oh. of like yeah doesn't have any dialogue if you if you saw which i think is a completely underrated uh movie which is the live action very first silent hill movie that came out that pyramid head is in that as well and he's just as terrifying in that movie looks exactly like he did i mean they did a great job of making that movie be as close to what the game was as possible but uh the the flip side of the trick in this one is although pyramid head is the villain the more so since i played that game i've, I've read uh think pieces on it i've listened to video essays and watched video essays on it um and and uh, I've, I've done like I guess whatever due diligence you could do to really get to the bottom of what that game is really about. Um, and in the end, the main villain, if you finish the game, spoiler alert on a 20 year old game, 
is the main villain is the main character. So you as the main character are the actual main villain. The story of the game as you go through is you and all of the things in your mind that are manifesting in the city. So like whether it be there's there's all these sexual innuendos, there's all of these um, you know, frustrations and, and, and whatever could manifest in, in James Sunderland's mind manifested physically in all of these monsters that are in the city. And at the end, you find out that, oh, I'm the piece of garbage that I killed my own wife. I'm I'm the villain. Yeah. And which to me was one of the biggest twists in gaming. It's like it's one of the few games that I remember that actually remember the entire story from the beginning wow. to end. And and wow. thought, I mean, this game is is terrifying and it's and it's so surreal and strange that it it just has left an impression on me. Uh to the point that, you know, I've tried to consume whatever information I can about the game after the fact because like psychologists and, and other professionals have done think pieces on it. Uh, because oh, it wow. is that it is it was it came from a place of real trauma and mm -hmm. and uh, you know just had one of those lasting stories. So yeah James Sunderland uh, the in the end you kill everything you beat the game in Silent Hill and find out that yes you were actually the villain. So oh wow yeah, there you go. Depressing. Yeah. What a Wait, high note it, to end on. Is it Silent Hill where this um, new female Victorian villain that everyone's obsessed with is Resident in? Evil. You're talking about Lady uh, Dimitrescu? Lady whatever. Everyone's really obsessed with her. She's Lady on TikTok D. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, an eight foot tall voluptuous vampire woman. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. If I played it, she'd probably be on the list, you know. <laughs> oh, she's a good villain. I mean, she really is. And and well, the Adam Wesker, you know, Wesker would have been a villain mm. um, from Resident Evil. But I don't play Resident Evil, so he wasn't yeah. like a big villain for me. But I know he's like a well, big time villain. My so. last one, and this isn't a big time villain for me, but I wanted to put the most current memorable villain from right. the most current game that I played, and that would have to be Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and this, of course, is spoilers if you haven't played the game. I realize it isn't that old, but also it isn't that good. So I feel like most people are not going to play it, which is unfortunate because depending on how you play, Johnny Silverhand, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves, is a very compelling villain. Um, and I chose early on to try to befriend him. But if the ending hadn't been so terrible, I would have done a second playthrough where I antagonized him because I am aware of a different outcome where he rebels against your general attitude towards him um, and, and basically goes, you know, full body snatcher on you. And oh, really? That would be amazing, I think, to watch and a much better ending than the ending that I got. Um, Whereas I was willingly like working out control with him, like, oh, you can have my body this day, I'll have it the next day. Do you know, like I was being very kumbaya about it because I um that's what I thought would lead to the best outcome, you know. And also I think that's sort of what I would do as a person because it's not really his fault he ended up in my head, right? So 
Um, it's very thoughtful I didn't want to antagonize him. Yeah, and he wasn't being a... I didn't feel that he was being a bad guy. I just felt like he was being himself a rock star. You know, like, so the fact that I had hangovers and all this sort of stuff isn't going to be that surprising, is it? But I do know that he could become quite villainous if you continually antagonize and antagonize and antagonize. I think of the most recent games that have come out, probably the most thought out um, NPC that has been created in a while. There's just so much motion capture. There's so much dialogue. You know, they really did put thought into his presence in the game where the rest of the game is a bit devoid of that sort of thing. When it comes to him, that I feel like was, is where the attention was paid. So if you have not had a chance to um, interact with Johnny Silverhand in Cyberpunk 27 and you want to see him become a villain, by all means, antagonize him. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, um, that really brings up, uh, I, I don't have any others. I, I was going to put a, um, I was going to put a villain from Metal Gear Solid on here too, because Revolver Ocelot's good, Liquid Snake's good, but, um, but nothing really stands out. And those stories are so convoluted, it, you know, how do you know that, you know, you made a difference anyway in the end, who knows, no one knows. So. Yeah. Well, I think like, uh, I think that's a very good mix. I think if people want to check out some of my college villains, they've got uh, several decades of games to choose from. Absolutely. And there are so many other villains. These are just really villains that, that stuck out to us and, and from games that we've played and finished. There are other villains from games that, you know, from the Far Cry series, and there are other lists that have uh, villains from games that I have never played. So I can't really speak on those so well, you know, or so much. Um, these are the ones I know. You know so. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templatepeak.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion, we'll reach out with questions. Sound off in the comments or message us on Facebook or Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. And please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us. That really helps our See you later.